Welcome to the Benakiba Connects podcast, a podcast exploring the challenges and transformational technology in the insurance industry. Join us as we talk about industry issues and the technology, tactics, and tools that will help your business become a beneficiary first company. We are on a mission to help our clients become customer centric in their approach to claims management with powerful processes, customer experiences, and technology. Now, here's your host, Ashley Oxholm. Hello, welcome to the Benakiva Connects podcast. I am your host, Ashley Oxholm, and I have the wonderful privilege of having Krista Eager, who is now with Benakiva, with us today. Thank you, Krista. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's, it's very exciting. Thank you. As many of you know, we are doing a focus and a highlight of women in the insurance industry, the challenges that we face, the growth that we're seeing, the way we're trying to disrupt the industry with our presence and our ideas and our leadership. And it is truly an honor. Krista hasn't been on the Manicuba team long. She is new to us. So Krista, tell us a little bit about you and your background. Yeah, so I recently started with Benakiva. As you said, I'm new. I've been here for about two months now. Well, just almost two months. So I'm the director of product. I currently reside in Franklin, Tennessee, which is just south of Nashville. Everybody knows Broadway, knows Nashville. Um, So just a little bit south of Nashville. I have two beautiful daughters, a five-year-old and one that just turned nine over the weekend. Okay. And married, and I have three dogs, crazy enough. <laughs> All right. Well, Ben Akiva, we love dogs. All of us have an affection for our dogs. You know, actually, for the longest time, if you were in a position of leadership at Ben Akiva, your dog was also on the website. Like it was a <laughs> the leadership and then the dog. But we've grown a lot since then. So the right. dogs got downgraded. Now, you know, they pop up in Zooms. I myself have two standard poodles that have popped up in a couple of Zooms here and there. So tell me, what did you do before Ben? So I've been in the insurance industry for, gosh, it's been 10 years or so, 10, 11 years in claims in general. But I've been in insurance for a lot longer than that. So prior to joining Benakiva, I was a product owner for a different carrier. I also worked as a business transformation consultant at another carrier. I've essentially held a lot of different types of roles within the carriers and the insurance carriers, all the way from call center, all the way over to where I am today. So I've really started from the ground up, essentially. Okay. Yeah. No one ends up in insurance on purpose. That's kind of our long running gag here at Benakiva. So I ask all of our interviewees, how did you end up in insurance? Yeah, I mean, it certainly was not what I was targeting for a career. I was actually going to school to be a nurse. Oh, okay. um, so I kind of, yeah, huge difference. I mean, still like in the realm of caring for people and helping people, because I definitely truly feel that claims is helping. We can probably get more into that in a bit. But I fell into the insurance industry. My husband, he was in the military at the time, and we had been stationed in New Hampshire and I needed to find a job. I had a next door neighbor who was working for a long-term care insurance company. And she was like, hey, you know, we need people. And so I started out as a temp in a call center. They quickly hired me on permanent there where I 
worked kind of fielding some of those long-term care questions and just kind of helping field some of those in-force and claims type of questions there. Did that for a little bit, took a bit of a hiatus from the corporate world. And my boss or my former boss from the long-term care company had started working for another carrier and we had bumped into each other somewhere and it was kind of the same situation. She was like, hey, you know, I have a need for somebody over here. Would you be interested in coming? And, you know, it's a foot in the door at a really good company. And so I I took that bait and I went with it and applied and started at a call center, worked there for quite some time and just genuinely started working my way up. But now I couldn't really see myself doing anything different, unfortunately, which is crazy to me, but I truly enjoy being in the industry specifically around claims. Absolutely. You know, and anyone who's listened to our podcast, they've heard my story a little bit. I went into nonprofit. I wanted to work in the nonprofit world. Had I known fraternals were a thing back then, my life probably would have turned out a little differently because I would have started there. I got out of college, nonprofit jobs paid about minimum wage, and I had student loans to pay back. I ended up taking a job with Farmers Insurance doing PNC claims processing. And that's kind of where it started for me. And then I I moved to the software industry and I've been doing this for the last 11 years, just helping, you know, companies grow and expand on the business side of it. But one thing I absolutely love about working with carriers and specifically in claims, I tell people I could nerd out to claims all day Mm -hmm. long because at the end of the day, I still have that heart like you were talking about where I want to help people. Mm -hmm. But I was really bad at being a social worker or working in the nonprofit world. So This was kind of the way that my career kind of just brought that I want to help people and I want to care for them. I want to solve problems into a sustainable career. Mm -hmm. So we're doing a focus on women in the industry. And as many people know, the insurance industry is male dominated, especially at an executive or leadership level. So can you talk to me a little bit about about some of the challenges that you've faced in your tenured career within the industry? So it was really an interesting question to me because the first time when I, I heard it, I was like, insurance is not male dominated. It's all women. I mean, all of my managers were all female and all of my coworkers primarily were all female. But then I really sat down and kind of dug into it a little bit and realized yeah, that level, we were all females. All right. Sorry about that. We had an interruption there. So we're going to, I'm going to re-ask the question. Tell us about some of those challenges that you faced as a woman within the industry. So realizing that, you know, everybody that I worked with was all female and some of my direct leaders were female. When I really looked past that layer when you got into the, the VP and the executive leadership, that's where you really saw that male dominance. Now, I, I will say that I have been extremely lucky as I haven't directly felt it in conversation with any of those leaders. I've certainly had some amazing mentors that have rallied for me as an individual. So I haven't felt it in that aspect, but where you really feel it is within compensation. You sit there and, and realize that or feel that you're very valued, they're, you're being listened to, but when it came to compensation, it was always different. 
And you didn't find that stuff out until people start talking. And that's when I really realized that there was a huge difference there. There certainly is a stigma with women because most of us are mothers, as you know. I mean, we have our children that pop in or, you know, before the days of working from home, a lot of the burdens of having to take care of the children relied on us as mothers. So you were the person that was calling out or to take care of a sick child or having to leave to go do X, Y, and Z for school. And so I think that there was a little bit of a stigma there with that regard. I certainly had worked alongside somebody that he never had children, so he didn't understand. And then once they had children, they understood it and realized it. So I think that's kind of where there's a big challenge there for us because we don't live in the the days anymore where women stay home. Women want to be empowered. They want to work. They want to contribute. And in order for us to do that, we essentially have to work two full-time jobs. Oh, absolutely. You know, I tell people, and for our listeners, our interruption was actually my three-year-old daughter (laughs) because we work from home now and the challenges in a post-COVID world with daycare are crazy. And just as Krista's talking about on those days when that doesn't come together, of course, you know, mom to the rescue there and it's an honor. But to go along kind of with what you're saying with those challenges that we face you know, I, I don't know who quoted it, but people expect the world expects expects us to work as if we don't have children and to mother as if we don't work. And we no longer mm-hmm. really even live in a world where it's possible to not have two work adults to support our families. It's an interesting balance that I think women within any kind of corporate industry really face, especially, you know, with having children. But I have to say, generally speaking, in my career, I actually haven't had a lot of opposition to that. I've worked for companies that were very supportive of our family. I worked with one company where I definitely got the pushback of just feeling a little less respected. But as I developed in my career and and I started taking positions of leadership and training and all of that stuff, you know, I found that the industry as a whole was very welcoming and they want to see, you know, women advance in and become leaders. And then Benakiva is kind of the asterisk because like our sales team is pretty female dominated. And there actually are a lot of women working for Benakiva. And actually, when I came on and I was talking to Brent and we were negotiating me coming on, I told him, like, I'm a mother first. And I've been at Benakiva two years now. And I have to say, there has never been a day where I felt like I had to choose between my work and Mm -hmm. my family. It gave me the opportunity to be a good mother and have a good career. And for that, I'm always thankful. I'm thankful for our CEO, Brent Williams, and for the general culture at Benakiva, because that is empowering in itself. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. So what would you tell women within the industry? Like, what advice would you give them specifically? I think to know your value. I think we kind of lose that quite a bit. I read a statistic and I'm sure that there's plenty of people that have heard this statistic, but it really resonated with me because I felt myself doing this. And it said something along the lines of, you know, men apply for a job when they meet only 60% of the qualifications, but women will apply for the job when they meet 100% of those qualifications. And that is 100% true. At least in my experience, it has been 100% true. I've definitely looked at jobs that I'm like, there's no way I'm qualified for this. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Because we like to feel secure. And we, I think women just in general, 
have a very hard time really understanding their value, that they don't take those risks. We, by nature, tend to try to go the path of least resistance. We don't necessarily go outside of our comfort zone, but we need to, because if you don't, you're just going to sit and stay where you're at. You know, I talked a little bit about compensation and things along those lines. When you stick at one company for quite some time and you get comfortable, you start to kind of lose your self-value and understand that you potentially are worth more. If the company is absolutely valuing you, then 100%, that's great. But you need to have that champion who is either yourself or some sort of mentor that you can work with to keep that career progression going. I had one manager that really helped me see my value. I remember he was leaving the company and he said to me, he was like, Krista, you are worth way more and you can do so much more with what you're doing right now. He's like, I encourage you to just look and understand that you are so valued and you need to be valued. And he's like, there's a lot of potential in you. You just have to go out there and get it. Something about those words finally clicked. And I realized like, it's up to you. Go out there and just really know your value and take those chances, take those risks, speak up. You know, we have great ideas and go with it. Absolutely. I can say, you know, from my personal experience, I always struggled asking for more money. You know, it was that I'm like, do I really feel like I deserve this? Have I worked hard enough? Have I earned enough? You know, and I'm looking at a fairly impressive history and pipeline and then business development. And still I'm like, you know, is that okay? You mm-hmm. know, is it okay to ask for that? Is it okay to have those conversations? Should I just be thankful that I have a job that also allows me to be a good mom or whatever? And this has been, you know, in the past now, I think these conversations have been had more. And so we are are holding the industry a little bit more accountable mm-hmm. to that fair wage gap. But yeah, I would also encourage our listeners to know your value, to know your worth, to know that if you are not being treated in a way that you need to be treated and compensated in a way that you need to be compensated, that there are always other positions and other organizations Mm -hmm. that would be very grateful to have you and to speak up and pursue that. Yeah, absolutely. And, And on the flip side of that, let's talk to carriers for a minute. How can carriers better support women within the industry? Oh, man. I mean, I think that we're at a point where people are recognizing that women are just as valuable as a man in the industry. So I think at least the carriers that I've worked for have been starting to do a good job, at least to the extent of you don't necessarily feel that maybe that might be happening. I think that carriers need to potentially put some politics aside and let the best ideas move forward and whoever it's coming from. I mean, I've certainly had an experience where I was passed up for a job that I was more, you know, I was perfect for, but then I was told, well, you know, politics in play. So whether that's because you're a female or not, don't really know. But I think that the carriers need to just really 
focus, continue their focus on empowering women in the industry and listening to them and realizing that we have some amazing ideas as well. Absolutely. And I honestly, and I'm talking to my carrier friends out there and our carriers that are listening, offer women fair wages and offer all of your employees fair wages and all of your employees understand that they have a life outside of work. Mm -hmm. That balance is absolutely crucial and there needs to be flexibility. Mm -hmm. Gone are the days where your work is something that you just, you have to do. And it's still something that people have to do, but it also, it shouldn't be your whole life. You know, the experiences I had working in carriers years ago and versus now, I'm hoping that improved. I'm Mm -hmm. hoping that quality of life improved. But all right, so we're going to take a quick shift here. And we're going to talk claims because Ben Akiva, anyone who's ever talked to Ben Akiva knows we love claims. We live claims. We nerd out to claims. I was in Boston last week and I was talking with a carrier and I talked about claims for 45 minutes straight, like with glee and excitement. And they were literally making fun of me. They're like, claims is kind of the like disowned stepchild. Like they have Mm -hmm. to happen, but no one wants to deal with it. And I'm like, exactly, which is why we love claims. So tell us, Krista, how you ended up loving claims and what your goals are for Ben Akiva and working with carriers. Mm -hmm. So my experience in claims has been in the individual market space with specifically death claims. I found a passion for claims because when you look at that type of claim, you are working with somebody that is going through the darkest time of their life. They just lost somebody. You know, you are there to help them. You know, life insurance, annuities, a lot of these carriers, there's this big stigma that, you know, insurance companies don't want to pay out claims. You hear it all the time. I, I don't know how many times I heard that on a phone call, but that is actually not true. The whole point of this insurance is to pay out a claim, is to help you at your time of need. You know, nobody wants to see their loved one pass away, especially, you know, those claims where it's, you know, a young couple where the wife passes away and now this single dad is fought having to try to figure out how to put food on the table because maybe she was the breadwinner in that, in that marriage. And, you know, so you have the ability to help them survive. So that's where, you know, my passion for claims really, really stuck in is just that helping nature. And it's not indirectly. I mean, you know, I'm not walking over to their house and cutting them a check, but I can get that money into their hands as fast as I possibly can, because I know how valuable that can be. Um, So that's where like my passion for claims really came in. I mean, I worked in the claims world for, I think it was seven years in total processing those death claims. So it was back when the carrier actually and the claims examiner and the customer would interact more. I think a lot of carriers are starting to kind of go away from that. And, you know, I kind of urge a little sense of caution there because I think you still need to have that human interaction. But that that's essentially how I, I got into the claims industry was just really understanding that. And then just wanting to continue that and continue that passion for helping, making sure that we're delivering or the carrier is delivering on the promise that they made to that person when they signed up for that life insurance or that annuity policy. Absolutely. And I I feel like, especially within, you know, death claims, life and annuity, 
you're working with people who aren't just having a bad day, but they're so emotionally distraught and they're grieving and it takes an enormous amount of empathy. And to add the worry of finance on top of that is just, you know, I've, I've seen people walk through that. It's a horrible experience. When we're working with carriers and, and we've started working with a, a larger carrier, um, that was one of their thing They're You know, they're like, this is our moment. This is our moment to be there for our people. This mm-hmm. is our moment to cherish our memberships or our members and our memberships and just make this experience with them as best that it possibly could be to be a terrible experience, because no matter what, it's going to be, you know, grief stricken and filled with with a lot of, of heartache, but at least they can help make it better with an easy, simple claims payout. Right now, the average claims payout is like 90 days. Oh, yeah. It's, and, and when you all of a sudden are cut off on funds, that that's a long time. Oh, I mean, my goodness. such a long time. Yes. With so many expenses coming up, you've got funeral mm-hmm. expenses and you're off of work and there's just so many variations of, of things that are going on in people's lives that 90 days is an eternity, mm-hmm. an it eternity. Really and then if there's any kind, that's just a simple, like that's a simple claim that doesn't have a lot of issues. If mm-hmm. any kind of issues were to come up, you know, that changes it. And that's what I love about Ben Akiva and, and the mission that we have out there. And, you know, I get the pleasure of talking to prospects and, and clients or, or potential clients before they come on board. I get to hear about all of those pain points and their struggles and experiences. I love it. Like cause I'm problem, I'm solving a problem for them that they then get to go help and solve problems for other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and I'm sure you've noticed talking to all these other carriers that all of the pain points are pretty similar. Everybody's feeling that same burden and wants to solve for that. Absolutely. You know, I hear a lot about manual workaround processes. We're working Mm -hmm. from multiple screens. We have multiple admin systems. We have to pull data from here. We have to transport data and and do different things. And, And then the bigger piece is like, then after this, how do we retain them as as clients. So asset retention, all of that stuff, it all comes up. It's it's pretty, I, you know, it's pretty standard. And it doesn't really matter what size carrier. The problems mm-hmm. are pretty consistent. I'll say with our smaller carriers, they obviously face more budgetary issues and getting the type of software that they need to be able to do their job well. But overall, the problems that that carriers face and claims are pretty standard. You know, mm-hmm. it's and every carrier is like I'm different we're different. They all have unique identities, but overall those challenges are pretty similar from my experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're going to wrap up here. If you could give one piece of advice for our listeners, what would that be? Listen to your worker bees. You know, I think that you have the opportunity to empower people that are really in the nitty gritty and are on your front lines. They have some great ideas. They can be the voice of your customer in a way that maybe the customer doesn't necessarily want to state. You know, I think in a lot of feedback that you get from beneficiaries and customers themselves is always when they're unhappy. But I think you have an opportunity if you listen to your frontline workers that they have some great ideas and some great opportunities for enhancements. Um, You just have to empower them and move through with what they're actually saying, put some of those processes into place, keep them, keep them happy. You know, I've heard those 
you hear those sayings that, you know, if you have happy employees, you'll have happy customers. You absolutely do. You know, absolutely. the one of the things that I love about Benakiva is we are thinking about the claimant, but we're also thinking about the user. And we're trying to make that a seamless process for that user to move through their day to day. You know, we're trying to eliminate those manual workarounds and those manual processes to help make their job just a little bit easier. And that will in turn pass down to the customer as well in listening to them. You know, I think we have an, a group of people that have been those frontline workers and we all have some really amazing ideas. And I love the fact about Benakiva is we're able to put those ideas into place. So I think if more carriers will do that too, I think they'll also find that they will grow and develop and they'll start making solutions for some of those problems that are, you know, do really well for them. Absolutely. And one thing I love about Benakiva too is we're constantly taking that feedback from those carriers of like, hey, this would work better if we could do it this way. And we mm -hmm. turn those into upgrades that just go along with our, you know, they're just part of the package deal. All of our upgrades, we're constantly getting that feedback from our, our clients on what they need and what works best for them. And I love that about it. What's well, one of my favorite things that I get to talk to people about because they're like, okay, and then how much for upgrades? And I'm like, right, part of it. You know, we want to bring the best service and the best platform to our carriers. And my advice for carriers out there is don't neglect claims. You know, we know it's constant. It's always going to be constant. It's never going to stop. So don't neglect them. Deal with your claims first because they just, they'll never stop. And if you're having claims issues, they're going to bring on larger legal issues later. We've talked to a carrier in the last couple of weeks. It's been 10 years since they were fined millions of dollars for not, not paying out claims the way that they should be, and they still haven't recovered. So don't allow it to be the neglected stepchild, as I've heard it referred to today. Just, oh, yeah. just prioritize it. And like you said, Krista, listen to your worker bees, listen to the people who are doing it day in and day out, and what is a priority for them, and, and make that happen. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So. Well, thank you, Krista, so much. It's been a pleasure. I also get the pleasure of continuing to work with you outside of this podcast at the Ben and Kiva family. But thank you for your time today and just giving us your insight and your wisdom from years of experience. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on the Ben and Kiva Connects podcast. Make sure to visit our website www.benakivaconnects.com slash podcast, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. If you liked this show, you might want to check out a demo of our software. Simply go to www.benakiva.com and click request a demo. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode where we will continue setting the digital foundation for end-to-end -end claims and servicing transformation.